Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, Episode 9. Today we'll be covering Shore Leave and the Galileo 7. I'm Chris and joining me today are... Ames, Caitlin, and Jake. So, this week's episodes, uh, we start with Shore Leave. The Enterprise is orbiting a seemingly completely uninhabited and animalless planet. When they go down to take a peek, though, strange things start appearing, including Alice's white rabbit and Alice herself, samurai, random guns, airplanes from World War II, so on, Kirk's old academy bully Finnegan, and, uh, fuck what else happened? They were like energy that's issues. A, that's enough of a, of a synopsis. I okay, think. okay. And in the Galileo 7, the Enterprise is on its way to deliver much-needed medication to a plague-ridden planet, but due to scientific orders, has to stop and check out a quasar. They send out the titular shuttle, which is soon lost, and Kirk is racing against the clock to try to find his crew before regulations force him to abandon the search to bring the medicine to the colony. All right, Those so... Are much better than my synopses. <laughs> you titular in there. Yes. Good word. <laughs> it is so surely. What the fuck? That was a lot. What the actual fuck is fucking shore leave? Madness. Awesome. Oh my uh, god, I think I hated it. Oh, I loved it. Definitely loved it. <sighs> it was, it was, nah, I, it's not my thing. It's so fucking silly. Even, and, you know, I understand trying to, like, match the music to the theme, but even every little musical bit was was just absurd. Whenever sounded... fucking Finnegan showed up and they played that oh, little accent. It was like a leprechaun music box. <laughs> now, I know, I forget if it was episode one or two, but I brought up Finnegan a thousand years ago, and his accent was as bad and stupid as ever. It's a terrible accent. It's, you know, it's a Lucky Charm leprechaun. It slips constantly. It's not even as good as a Lucky Charm No, that's leprechaun. true. Let's be fair. Like, yeah. He's consistent, at least. So between Finnegan and Riley, there's like, the Irish people of the future are all just crazy. Well, at least... What are they? Riley has to be drunk as a bastard before the accent comes out. I mean, out. he's whiny as hell on his own. Well, because but... he's young, and young people are pissy shits. Pissy shits. <laughs> Finnegan, on the other hand, like, he's not even a fucking person. He's a caricature of a fucking... Although, let's be fair. Okay. Let's be fair. No, this let's, is, let's, this is, let's this not, is, but go on. This is how Kirk sees him? Exactly. Kirk sees him this as an absurd, punchy fight, leprechaun. Fight, fighting, yeah, this, put him up, put up your Dukes kind of guy. This is, Irish. What, this is what the planet's pleasure machine created, because they know Kirk wanted to whoop this guy. So, of course, it's going to be Kirk picturing him at his worst, you know, 15 years worth of bitterness and pent-up hate. I mean, Jumping up and down and yelling. In his and, defense... Uh, by the end of this episode, I wanted to beat the tar out of Finnegan. So. Right. That's what I mean. Like, I, I kind of wonder, out there somewhere is the real Finnegan, possibly commander of his own starship, and, you know, he's got a much more reasonable accent. Really regretting how he treated Jim all those times well, back yeah. in it's, Starfleet Academy. Like, all Kirk ever said was, like, he pulled a lot of stupid pranks. Not that he consistently kicked the shit out of me. So really, it was Kirk who wanted fisticuffs. Finnegan mm. was just kind of annoying. Like... Who's the unreasonable one here? Mm. It's probably Kirk. Probably. Um, it is also, it's also not very captain-like behavior to go immediately from, oh, oh, my rival is here, I have to beat him up. No one, this is my biggest problem with the episode, is especially Kirk, but really everyone, like, they're all like, 
no, this is really bizarre and strange. We're seeing things even though we have no, you know, our scanners haven't shown there's any advanced technology, there's no animals, there's nothing. We've all definitely seen shit, though, and on the one hand, we're all immediately confused, but then we just roll with it. And yeah, so, I yeah. mean, there's that scene where Kirk is running, shouting, Sulu, Sulu, desperately looking for him. Then he sees some plants, and he stops, and he's smiling at his fucking flower, completely forgets what he was. It's like, what, there's, what? there's, there's gotta no be consistency. They've got to be pumping something. I mean, because... That's, I was hoping there would be that. Like, some line, but it's left up to the viewer to hope maybe that's what well, it is. Well, but here's the thing. If it's, like, a pleasure planet and, like, the people who are using it have created it, they know it's a fantasy, there's got to be something that helps them forget that it's not real. Maybe. Because if you're very hyper-aware of the fact that it's a fantasy, it's probably really difficult to McCoy, get into McCoy it. was the only one who, like, kept his cool, and he ended up lanced in the chest. Yeah, because so. he was like, nope, it's fake, so I can't kill... Oh, son of a bird. And he also wound up, like, married? Like, I don't know what happened with... Him oh and that my Yeoman. goodness! Uh, but she got awfully, She got really possessive by the end. Yeah, well, he oh, that's all. Her, that's women, isn't some it, lads? Floozies on him though at the end <laughs> with with skittles in their navels. Skittles in the navels and tribbles on their tribbles. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. <laughs> uh, at least something good came out of that episode. Oh my god! Oh my. That's where they got the idea. Yeah. Actually, no, this is... Oh, I see. Yes, 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 I understand that. I kind of, you know, I loved uh, Sulu's little, you know, he's just so happy to have that pistol to shoot off, and I really... Plants I really and did... pistols, that's all he needs. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that thing. Botanist Sulu, when they were doing the survey part, Isn't you know, he was... Isn't there a part of the plant called a pistol? Yeah, that's true. Pistols and pistols. Huh, I didn't know that. Sixth grade yeah. science, go on. Shades of botanist Sulu again, because he's there to specifically get the plant samples, and he's very excited about like how this could tell them a lot about the planet's biology. Well, you saw how awesome Beauregard was. He's probably just hoping for another Beauregard. Probably. I mean, we learn later that all of the, the beings, all of the, the, the people we see, and probably like everything down to like the, the gun itself, or maybe the yeah. lance itself, or whatever else, is made up by this, of the same material as the plant life. Yeah. So these are, are all plant-made, plant-plant shapes. Mm, mm. And that's just Sulu's world right now. planet where I could be a vegan, because I bet their roast beef tastes totally real. <laughs> well, that's probably why there were so many plants on the planet was because Sulu was there and he was like, ooh, I wonder what interesting <laughs> yeah, flora really. I will find. Before he beamed down, it was mostly some grass. I mean, here's it wasn't the... even that, because didn't uh, somebody, Kirk or somebody said that everything was made out of the same stuff? Mm-hmm. Spock said that, yeah. Yeah, so the so yeah, it could have been completely barren until uh, Sulu yeah. got there. That's the thing, once they kind of got out of the parkland, it was just sort of deserty area. Yeah. Interesting. Um, why, did, why was it that the uh, the knight on the horse was made out of rubber, apparently, but all the other human figures well, he, looked realistic? He appeared to have broken, and maybe when they break, whatever it is that keeps them fleshy. The magic leaves them, Jake. Well, I wonder yeah, if that's like part of the thing, is like, they all kind of look like that. But when they're when they're active and working, and the, the drugs are the drugs on. are on, like yeah. so, like you know that that ex flame of Kirk's that he ran into uh, it actually looks like that. It actually looks like she's made out of plastic. I appreciate though because at first I was he's just... used to dating women made of plastic. Mm. Hey, oh, blowjob, sex doll joke. <laughs> At first I thought he was just a dummy, but then I realized like, at one point the guy's nose kind of twitched. So they actually just took the time and effort to paint someone up to look like that. And then, of course, they? Kirk poked him in the face. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like, strange new thing. Must jab it with finger. It's a good, it's 
good impression. No, it isn't. There. But yeah. thank you. Yeah. See, the, the the thing about this episode is apparently Roddenberry was doing severe script rewrites during the whole filming process, so a lot of the stuff is actually ad libbed. Oh no. Yeah, Fair I guess uh, Roddenberry went on vacation, left this script with people, or or you know left people to deal with this script, uh, and it was too fantasy heavy, and they said cut the fantasy stuff. But the editors added more fantasy shit. So he, he gets back and says, no, this is not what we want. And he's like busy under a tree rewriting the whole time. God, this that is, it just became a nightmare trying to film this, this thing. This is what happens when parts of creative teams go on vacation yeah, in it's probably, opportune times. It's probably why 90% of the dialogue in this episode is them just yelling each other's names. Probably. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. I really, there's, there's, like, here's how you would have had a great episode. You know, I know I said this while we were watching it, but... You know, because Sulu's got that guy. He apparently collects guns now, too, folks. He was very excited about his policeman's special. And I just loved the idea that, like, every time they turned, they kept taking, you know, they took it from him. With him, every time he turned, he keeps finding bigger, fancier guns. So, like, in another scene, he's got, like, a big shotgun and he got a rifle. Before long, it's like, where's Sulu? And he just goes by in a Sherman t- tank, cackling. <laughs> but also, also, again, ripping Sulu off. Ripping off Sulu, Whatever. When Don Juan shows up with his rapier, right? Sulu should have turned around, saw a rapier in a tree, and been like, fuck yes. And then we should have gotten a big-ass sword fight instead of our probably literally five-minute sluggish fisticuffs between Kirk and Finnegan. With with, with a three-minute chase scene to lead into (laughs) it. With a three-minute shirt-ripping scene. Like, that that fight before long, was like, is this still happening? Are we still listening Why? to Finnegan laugh? Whoa. I don't think the podcast is ready for that. He also kept awkwardly sticking out his tongue in weird ways. Yeah, he was sticking out his tongue a lot. It was weird. Yeah. Oh, God. Although, as, as Jake pointed out, he also looked a lot like Christoph Waltz, which was weird. Mm. Sort of an insult to Christoph Waltz. I mean, they had a very similar... Like, the guy's got a rounder face than Waltz, but the face itself is quite mm. similar. We looked up the actor, uh, he had a very short career in television and film, and then joined what basically just sounds like a cult. So, yeah, well, you know. God knows what happened to him. That's the 60s for you. Yeah, true. <laughs> Great decade, apparently. Great decade for cults. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, so we also, you know, we know what was on Sulu's mind, uh, evidently, he... Thinks about samurais quite a bit. Apparently, yeah. yeah well, the... we we already know from Naked Time that he's crazy into fencing, so it just the the jump is logical. Okay. That's the thing. I want I want to see Sulu's day on that plane. I want to see him fight a samurai. Mm-hmm. I want to see him fight Don Juan. I want to see him just driving a tank. Up. That would have been an episode. I just feel like that was a fight that he lost. Like I feel like they were like, "Listen, we let you be a swashbuckler. It's time for you to be a stereotype for us, okay? You're fighting <laughs> yeah. a samurai. Yeah. Get was, over it." There was a little while where there was supposed to actually be a fight scene between Kirk and Tiger, but I'm fairly Aww. certain they cut that because of obvious sounding reasons. <laughs> yes. There was also supposed to be an elephant in the show, and the elephant was sourced and never used and became a giant joke among everyone involved. Who was the elephant in the room? A sourced hey, elephant. Hey, oh. <laughs> the elephant just died on the Paramount lot. Oh my god! Having not been fed. Poor oh, no. elephant. And no, that elephant actually would go on to be head of Paramount Pictures and led them through the 1980s. Mm, not Explains a great a lot. for them. I love that, that samurai that later just... 
when Kirk and Spock are trying to get back to the glade because they're kind of, you know, it's getting towards the climax. And the Sam's like, ah, and Kirk just rams his shoulder into when he just goes down. It's like, how <laughs> bloody and auspicious. I mean, they, they probably could make a Finnegan who could give him a lot of trouble, but they couldn't design a samurai who was competent. I mean, here's the, wasn't for him. Here's the other guy. Here's the nah. other odd thing. If this is if this is a, a, a pleasure planet, if this is a, a amusement park kind of a place, yeah. then it should be more easy, it should be easier... To become amused. Because if you're picturing, oh, this is the guy I really want to pick up, or really want to beat up, it should be much easier to beat him up. <laughs> well, if there's not at least some challenge, is the payoff as good? I don't know. See, it sounds like... Like, I don't know. I feel like there were a lot of other elements where it was like very easy to like get what you wanted. Like, like our new yeoman, yeoman Barrows, who was supposed to originally be Rand, but they lost Rand, obviously. We're gonna call, we gotta keep talking about Rand. Yeah, we we they lost wait a and drove off, right? Yeah. Like, let's be... Was she gonna have the same subplot with Doc, though? If it, it was, it was originally Rand? It was originally supposed to be with Kirk. Okay. And that's why they added Ruth, but we'll get to Ruth. Is that why they had Barrows giving Kirk the business at the start of the episode? Oh, I don't know that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because he... Oh, the massage? I yeah. love when he's, you know, when he's got his, the, the kink getting worked out of his back, and at first he thinks it's Spock, and he's like, yeah, a little lower, yeah. It's like, I just, I don't have anyone I would be that comfortable just spontaneously giving me a back rub. While you're on the job. Because he didn't ask for it. In front of everyone. He just felt a hand on his back. He's like, ah, oh, of course, it's Mr. Spock. Yeah, giving me a back rub on the job. Why like, would you assume it was Spock, though? That doesn't seem like Spock's well, Spock job. Spock is They'd known been... for that Vulcan back rub. No, that, that's, oh, that's when he, no, no, he drops you unconscious really quick. That's a different thing. <laughs> it's basically just the slash rights itself. You know? Actually, they're... It's inevitable <laughs> that this would happen. So, not to do this yet again, but I'm going to do this yet again. Oh, for Christ's sake. What are you doing Looking now? ahead, because Enterprise is all about just stupid, unnecessary sex bullshit sometimes, there's a whole third season subplot where the chief engineer is having trouble sleeping. But good news! There's some kind of bizarre Vulcan massage technique that's supposed to help that. So there are Vulcan massage techniques. Hmm. Oh my god. I'm sorry. They can, they can pinch your neck to put you out, they can fix your neck, and then they can break your neck. Yeah. It's not an Vulcan awful show. It's just Vulcan hand job. They do stupid, stupid things sometimes. Hmm. But back to the series at hand. Ah, John, mm. you do that. So yeah, so they added Ruth uh, to, to the plot to swap in for what would have probably been Rand, I'm, I'm guessing. Huh. And like, I'm, I'm curious if you guys pick anything up. Like, So Rand was Kirk's... No, not Rand. Dear God. Ruth. Ruth. Ruth was Kirk's old fling, or whoever, old ex-lady parts. And even if this is coming straight out of his mind that, oh, Ruth is here, therefore she must be ready to plow. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who the, like, I mean, who was she, actually? Apparently who the fuck was his Ruth? Girlfriend that he... His his girlfriend that the second he sees, his first instinct isn't, oh my ex is here. That's interesting. It's must bang this lady. Maybe, despite what fandom wants to think, maybe that's the blonde uh, lab technician he almost married. Don't know. I but no, they were clearly close. 
She clearly had a lot of Kirk's STDs. Well, she probably dumped him. And also, I'm you know if, if we're continuing with the theory that there's some kind of drug being pumped about. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, we do see like little, these little mini like radio satellite kind of something or others that pop up that are never entirely explained what they're. I guess I know the sensors that are they detecting were reading what you're minds, thinking about. Yeah. Okay, could have been clearer. Could have could have been used in a in a better way. But I feel like this episode was just crazy rushed. Yeah, it was silly. Oh my god. I just most of the stuff that they came up with I understood but like why does why does Doc show up on the planet thinking about Alice in Wonderland and the White Rabbit like what the fuck is going on? He's always there? thinking about that. I mean, because maybe it looks like Wonderland when you get down there. It's like, oh, it's it's, he, it's lovely. Maybe he even. I mean, maybe he's. We missed it. Maybe he said like it's like Wonderland or something. I didn't. I don't. Recall. Terrible, Doctor McCoy. Yeah, that <laughs> was ah yeah she. <laughs> <laughs> I normally just do him all gruff. I don't normally try to do the southern accent because I don't have a southern accent. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Martine shows up in this episode only to be knocked unconscious by a tree. No, no. Let's be fair. She was knocked unconscious by herself, running, running into, into a tree, tree hard enough to knock herself out. Because as weird as this episode could be, if we don't clarify to the listeners, you might think maybe a tree came to life and smacked her. Because you think about the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and then for all we know, we never see her again. We don't. And, and just and she was. Uh, I don't think it's. We yeah, we didn't, mentioned her name before. We didn't. But she did. uh, she was the uh, bride, bride to, to be. be in in last week's episode, and she's moved on pretty fast. Now she's with uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez, so they yeah. seem to be kind of a kind of an item. I mean, so, to, be, to be fair, whenever there's danger, the woman is all over the map. That's true. Here's the thing. There's only two women on this planet, and it's a pleasure planet, and maybe there's drugs, right? She got really close to Rodriguez really quick, and Yeoman Barrows Barrows got really close to McCoy really quickly. Mm. So if it is a pleasure planet, is it possible that, you know, they are really interested in helping people do the do, and they just couldn't say that because the 60s? Mm. Yeah, these these people, so these, what do we learn what, pl- what this planet is? This is just a no, random this, planet? Oh, uh, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's supposed to be their home. Yeah. World or anything. But no, is, and they said that is, they didn't yeah, tell so anything. So the the caretaker whom we meet at the end, who comes and lets us know, oh, this is just a big fucking carousel of and a who's planet. He's just a guy too. He's not an alien <laughs> at all. He's just in a, a guy. funny shirt. Got some sweet ass robes. Yeah, I mean, they need some better signage on this planet. I'm, I'm this very shit. curious about these people. Like they. They come in and then they kind of just mic drop and say, "No, nope, we're not going to tell you anything else. You can have, you can hang out on this planet and have fun, but we're not going to tell you anything that's actually fucking." Valuable. We can bring people back from the dead. You're not ready for that. Question is really, did they bring them back for the dead, or did they just make a dock out of plants? Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, tinfoil hat corner again. Oh no! Do you? Um. Do you think they got charged for it afterwards? Yeah, Do you they think like the they leave and it's like the end of Home Alone 2? Like, Kevin, you spent $2,000 on rope service! <laughs> Spock's giggling into his talk boy. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope Leonard Nimoy had a talk boy now. Hmm. Oh, goodness. I'm sure he didn't. I did. True. And I oh, had the God. real one. Not that purple talk girl bullshit because fuck that. You remember Yakbacks? Oh, yeah, I had, yak I had a couple of those. Remember how cool it seemed in the commercials and then they were fucking so boring? I thought stupid. they were the best, but oh. I was an easily amused child. Wow. Oh, God, this fucking episode. Yep. Do, do we have anything else to say about this? We're starting to talk about 90s yeah. voice fucky technology. I think we might be ready to move on to something that wasn't absolute garbage. Yeah, 
I was just going to make yet another parallel to Nancy Crater from what, an episode way back, but when, mm. who, who was McCoy's old old throb from uh, the, the Salt Vampire episode. And we learned that she's just whatever McCoy's old recollection of her effectively was. And yeah. that's what Ruth is to Kirk. And there you have it. Done. Yeah, there we go. Anyone else? Uh, I still think that uh, McCoy made out the best out of anyone on that planet. Because even though he died, he did get the two floozies. <laughs> Yeah, and then they just kind of hand the floozies to whoever's next. Yeah, oh, it's like a... <laughs> he passed them on by saying, I'm sure there's something you can turn up. Yeah. yeah. Turn up the penis. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm That's what I'm thinking. God. Oh. Jesus Christ. I enjoyed it. It was stupid, but I liked it. Oh, I, I know. If the characters' reactions to anything were either consistent, or if, again, at the end of the episode, they like, by the way, if you're feeling kind of weird, it's because there's just so many drugs in the air. I'd have been slightly more okay with it, you know? Mm. There's, there's aspects that almost work. There's. I'm even charmed by how stupid Finnegan's accent was. No, but I can't be. I think this is probably the first one I actively have hated since we started this project. I hated Miri, too, though, so... Miri... Miri had annoying aspects, but overall, I think I appreciated, like, but this was just... I just... I can't. I can't. It's, 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 it's a... We don't have any anything to show yet. Put up any any episode yeah. we've got. God. So, Galileo 7, though. Is much better. Much. Uh, alas, that's the one I slept through. <laughs> How did you fall asleep, Caitlin? I don't know, dude. It was dumb. It was still what pretty did, dumb. What didn't, you, I mean, okay, well, what didn't you like about Galileo? The big stupid caveman. The big that was, caveman. That, that was caveman not well realized. There was no reason they had to be 12 feet tall. There wasn't. And they oh, were 12 actually, feet tall because we actually did see one. Yeah, it he was, was a, maybe 7 feet tall. Yeah. Like the and only, walking like a zombie. The only reason for them to be 12 feet tall was that it was conceivable that one of them could like grab the ship as it was starting to lift off so that they'd have to use up extra fuel to get away from it. Damn yeah. it, I missed Man. that. That was literally the only reason. Well, they didn't actually show it holding it. Yeah, they're, they're just like, like, we can't move! While well, they wiggled in their damn chairs, which apparently weren't bolted down because they fell over. They should have thrown those chairs out for extra weight reduction. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, like, seriously, just just hold on tight, everyone. This is a desperation move anyway. I mean, they end up sitting on the floor a bunch anyway. Exactly. Like, hmm. any, like I don't know what was going on. You know, sometimes I have to wonder about who's directing these episodes hmm. because there was a lot of, like, Jumping onto the floor of the shuttlecraft in this episode, like gather around, children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeoman, Barbie. Yeoman, new one. Mears. Yeoman Mears. Mears. Originally, also, also supposed to be Rand, but she Rand was gone. But Rand Rand delivered her damn lines better. Oh yeah. my god, she. Was, this woman was terrible. Everyone disrespecting on Spock. Yeah, know. it's hard. And it's, that little asshole bureaucrat sitting over Kirk's so- shoulder like, oh, with stupid, Hope you know you're running out of time, Kirk! Stupid arm capes. And then just floating yeah. away. Listen, I, I thought that costume was actually pretty kick-ass. That was it. the arm capes? I, lo- I would love an arm it cape. It looked like almost like a futuristic Inverness cape. I'm alright with it. God, I like it's, it. Someone was sitting there and just went... Yes, I start here, and then we'll have the 70s. Because mm. he even had sort of like proto-oversized bell-bottoms going on. He had like the slit in the front of the trousers. It was... For easy access. Yeah. What were you going to say, though, Ames, about Spock getting... Oh, yeah, just... just. So this is Spock's first time that we see him actually taking 
taking charge of something, being in command of something. And it's the battle of logic versus emotion, like every like everything in these episodes lately. And McCoy is there to like either rub it in, or I can't tell what McCoy is doing half of the time in this episode. He's McCoy, trying to teach Spock a lesson. McCoy's at a loss. Spock's not going to learn a lesson is the thing, and you should know that. He's at a loss because normally it's him and Spock and Kirk, and they're both throwing opinions at Kirk. He's confused without Kirk there. It's like that Seinfeld where George and Elaine don't know how to talk to each other if Jerry's not around. <laughs> <laughs> and Scotty the whole time Scotty's wanted to get it. his job done. He's getting, yes. Scotty, fucking, getting to work. Scotty yeah. is the most professional man on this entire outing. Yeah, but the thing is, is he's just like pedal to the metal the whole time, which means he doesn't go check out what the disturbance is. He doesn't give a fuck when one of the not actually red shirt red shirts dies. Everybody's giving Spock all this shit. Yeah, if anything, Scotty's being the most logical right now because he's just getting his shit done. Yeah. I guess the thing is they all they all understand that like they kind of have nothing to do but hurry up and wait. Scotty actually has shit to do, and that's why they really can't give him any guff. You know, he's he's the only only engineer they sent for some reason. I just feel I mean, like I don't think they felt that they were gonna need an engineer. Like so they, no, so they, okay, so here's here's the deal. They go out to investigate investigate a quasar, and I'll get to quasars in a second. When they go out to investigate a quasar, what do they think they're going to need to do? They're just going to look at it, right? Why, why do they need to go and, and yes. fly around? It's surprising they have Scotty to begin with, really. Yeah, why, it like, seems well, like as it many be people routine. as And the do, doctor. Frankly. They bring the doctor and the engineer and the science officer and then our assorted extras and a yeoman to, to look, hang out around the quasar. And I'm not sure what they're accomplishing exactly. But Well, they needed, they needed, you know, they needed the extra people so they could have the drama of needing to possibly get rid of 500 pounds of weight. Yeah. I do like that Spock's decision of who, whom to leave behind is solved on its own. Yeah. You know what's interesting? And I'll get, again, I'm going to get to quasars later because I have beef on quasars. <laughs> uh, but this episode beefy was quasars. beefy, delicious, cheesy quasars. Queefy bazars. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Oh, peace in no. the pod. So this, this episode was inspired by a, by a film from uh, 1939, actually. Mm. It was called Five Came Back. It featured a very young Lucille Ball. Oh. Uh, and the, the movie itself was about a, a plane crash. The plane crashes in the Amazon and natives start, like, essentially trying to, like, st- infiltrating, picking off various members of the surviving party. I'm fairly certain you never see the, the, the Amazon natives in this, in this movie, which is probably better than how we yeah. saw the ape monster in this thing. Huge cavemen. But in that, in the movie, there is actually a decision to leave several people behind. Only five of them go back, which is why it's called Five Came Back. Uh, And three are actually left behind based on a decision that they've all made together. And one of them has a, a gun... And he says, oh, I've got three bullets left for the three of us who are here so that the natives don't tear us to pieces. He kills the other two and lied because he only had two bullets. So he had to get killed horribly himself. Ooh. That's... That's dark. Really dark. So... This episode's a little bit lighter, although I felt it got fucking tense. It there, got, was some, there was some it got racism tense. on display, too. Oh, I, feel, I feel like most of what the problems people are having with Spock were not necessarily that he was 
you know, being logical is that, you know, that he was taking command and, and you know, oh, well, you know, his Vulcan, this Vulcan should, isn't showing any compassion for our situation. Yeah, I agree. And that this sucks because I feel like we talked about this on last week's episode too, where it was like, oh, he looks like the Romulans. Clearly he's the bad guy. Yeah, Spock's not having a good time these last no, couple no. episodes. But no, everyone's all advanced and beyond that shit in the future. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of uh, a scene or an episode in uh, TNG. Again, bring up TNG, where Data has to take command of a ship and gets dissed repeatedly by the by the first officer for being an android. Yeah, the guy just had a real had a real problem taking orders from an android. Oh, but Data's amazing. It is. He is, and in the end. Data ends up saving uh, saving the day by figuring out how to detect the Romulan fleet that's crossing into Federation space to assist the Duras sisters in the thing on Civil War. Okay. Well done, Data. Yeah, yeah. Somebody give that metal man a medal. <laughs> I will say that, consi- considering how often we see Spock leap to the decision, let's just kill the fucker. He, <laughs> he loves killing. Yeah, he I mean, in this episode... He didn't really want to kill when when they wanted to kill the the primate well, you know, native things. Prime directive. Yeah, he specifically said no. Let's not try. Let's not kill them. Let's try to scare them away. And everyone says no. Let's fucking kill. You love fucking killing, Spock. Why aren't you trying to kill? He, he loves killing his own, own person. Yeah, I was gonna say he likes killing Enterprise crew, not not the natives. You know. Well, they also, sh- but they do also show that you know that his plan sort of backfires when instead of scaring them away, it just makes them attack. Although let's Pisses be f- them off. Let's yeah. be fair. There's no proof that killing a bunch of them wouldn't have had the same effect. If anything, an even more violent effect. No, that's true. Mm. You know, like there's like, oh yeah, great job, Mister Spock. And Spock, to his credit, doesn't go look. Had we killed them, the same thing might have happened. Unless you wanted me to kill literally all of them, even though I don't know how many of them there actually are. But okay, sure, I'm the bad guy, because I look different. Mm. Yeah, and then, you know, and then the whole time, really, the guy, what, what was the guy's name? The guy, the yellow Bomer? shirt? Bom- no, that was a black guy. Who was the other guy? Latimer? Oh, no, Latimer no, died. Ca- Latimer died first. Cata, Corta. Oh, Catalano? No, it was a like weird Italian name. sounding name. Doesn't Catalano sound Italian? It does, but but uh, it was something like that. But anyway, what were you gonna anyway, say? Anyway, yeah, I mean, look it up in the they intro. they spent so much of the episode dissing Spock, both of them, Beaumont and and uh, Frendo, and the other guy, the Italian sounding guy. Italian sounding. I mean, I mean, let's let's say considering these gigantic ape creatures have all these spears and shit that they can't throw for for their freaking lives. <laughs> like, like they leave a very pristine corpse. That's why they choked him because they were like, Ugh. they threw the spear <laughs> yeah, eight and times. were like, Ugh, and this decided to just. Also, the it. the dead man uh, was named Gaetano. Gaetano. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Why did I think it was Catalano? Because they kept pronouncing that as a very hard G in the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other thing too, like what? what? So the ape creatures are shown to have giant spears and the giant shields, too. Are there, like, giant animals on this planet that they're hunting? Like, why do they have... Probably normal size I mean, why would, why would you want a tiny spear or a tiny shield if you were a giant creature? Well, I'm just wondering... I don't know. Yeah, they're probably building what fits right in their hands. Well, but they also had the really uh, giant arrowhead that Spock had to observe was, like, some arrowhead a, a found... A fulsome point. A fulsome point. Thanks, Spock. Yeah, for that. For Necessary. That. We all know Anthrop- what an arrowhead looks like, you dingus. <laughs> yeah, I will give him that. That was a bit much. Just showing up. 
Showing up everyone there. Hey, look, I know a lot about your planet's history. You don't know shit about mine, though. Dicks. Hmm. Not yep. a lot of scenes on the Enterprise, though. Just, no, just, 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 just a lot of watching Commander What's-His-Nut berate Kirk. There, not, not, not a lot of Kirk in this because of that, You have too. 24 mm. hours left, Kirk. I don't relish in telling you you'll have to abandon your men. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. You yeah, enjoy... Maybe. You're going back to your cabin, jerking it, thinking of the fact that seven oh, people are going to die. What is happening? And he, leaves, he takes off his pants, but leaves the coat on so the like little <laughs> sleeve capes just flap furiously uh, while he's doing this. He calls her his fat flaps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fat flaps. Oh my god, what is happening? I'm just appalled. You know, it's like I, I am appalled, but I also recognize that I'm mostly just jealous that I didn't come up with it. So. <laughs> I, like, like, no, he was just, I can't even be uh, mad. He was so transparent apparently, like, just a dick. And it's funny, because in theory, he has an excellent point. Like, a plague is apparently ravaging some planet. And, you know, like, even Spock says, you know, at one point, foreshadowing all sorts of Vulcan bullshit, like, you know, when he's first time with the fact that they'll have to leave some people behind, just makes more sense if more can survive. And so that guy totally has a point where it's like, yeah, no, we've literally, like, you've got seven crewmen missing, and that's awful. But I'm trying to save a planet from a plague. Well, you could also swing back around to try to check on the crew. Like, I mean, after you've done your very important you business. could, yeah. And that's the, but I mean, you know, they realize pretty quickly the planet's a very dangerous place. I mean, this planet is at, and I'm here, here's where I'm gonna, I'm gonna get all, Please. all science. You've been, you've been waiting for this. The planet is supposed to be at the center of a quasar, which is fucking impossible. What is a quasar, pray tell? A quasar is an example of active galactic nuclei, often caused by the collision of galaxies. Oh, Jesus. They are fucking enormous. So whatever they're they're checking out is the size of galaxies. Okay. Uh, it's they're also probably the most luminous things in the in the universe hmm. because of all the the light that's concentrated from all all of this energy from all of the. Matter in a in a galaxy, essentially. Mm. And I was looking looking into this, and I not- noticed that quasars were first discovered in the late 1950s. So, in this uh, episode, came out in early 1967. So, all through the 60s, they didn't exactly know what quasars were yet. They just co- they coined the name quasar in 64. So, this is very very new like, science discovery at the time that this episode's coming out. So the fact that they're using it is, I mean, it's it's the newest stuff that's out there. Well, so it probably... it's, in, it's intriguing as, shell, as hell, even though they get all of the science wrong because, you know, years and years later we learn more about them. Yeah, well, also probably, you know, if the term had recently been coined, it's probable that it was used in... In, like, magazines and Yeah, stuff. so, like, people would know the word, yeah. know that it has something to know do with space. Know that it's, it's the, new, the new thing that people are studying. It's coming up a lot in science discussions, so... I think I think it's I think it's both cool that they're jumping on whatever the new thing is, but also allows us to look back and appreciate what we've learned in the meantime about our universe and stuff. Mm. Absolutely. Oh shit. Yeah, I've been watching lots of um, how the universe works and stuff like that. So if anyone else is interested in quasars, there are many documentaries on the internet. They're also supposed to be in t- uh, incredibly far away because as galaxies have all formed in the meantime and things that are far away is just the light that's been traveling for the longest amount of time, yeah. they probably don't exist in the present 
specifically. Mm. Huh, interesting. So, the more you learn. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, there is that, though. You do kind of feel like, why wouldn't they just check back? Like, they're assuming if they leave them there, it's a death sentence. I mean, we know it is because, again, we're watching. We know there's these weird cavemen, and they apparently don't have any kind of emergency kit or rations on this shuttle and all this other nonsense. But, yeah, like, they really had the space commissioner, what it was called, portrayed in a really bizarre way. Because, again, he had a good point, but he was playing it so just... Mustache twirlingly. Yeah, like, he didn't... He genuinely seemed all, like, kind of happy that people might die for this. Mm. That that it kind of makes him lose all reasonableness in his argument. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, obviously... Obviously the, the commissioner and the plague and all of that was really just added to this episode to, to so that there was a reason yeah. for there to be a time limit. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. That makes sense. Um, but I don't know that, you know, there was also... The monsters on the surface, and the fact that they had no gas in the ship. It was just like, there was a lot of stuff going wrong. Uh, and there's just another... Yeah, and it just, it just, I don't know, it felt like they could have just had this... You know, it's sort of like in, um... What was the one where they were... Oh, the one with uh, the two Kirks, where Sulu's stuck on the planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. The enemy, the enemy with enemy them. You, you already had enough going on. Yeah. You didn't necessarily need this, by the way, there's this happening, B-plot. Right. Shatner probably needed some airtime. Yeah, it's like, there's probably in his contract that he has to be in every episode. Oh, I'm, I'm rather the opposite. You just you didn't necessarily need the people trapped on the planet B-plot. You would have just wanted uh, Commander Shirt's sh- uh, sleeve capes. Oh, no, sorry. I oh, mean, you're talking enemy, enemy within. within. You didn't need the landing <laughs> party. Yeah, right. enemy within. You yeah. didn't need the landing party. Yeah, yeah. And on this, this one, one, you didn't really need the stuff on you the didn't, ship. You didn't need fat flaps. Yeah. Half flaps. See, I've said it again, so now that I have to keep that in. As you go, it's a, it's now a reference. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like you said, it's something that's just an extra layer of, we didn't, there was already enough tension kind of there. Since then you've just got this, this snidely whiplash of medicine. Yeah, it just seemed really, it, it honestly almost detracted from it, because it's just this guy being like, don't forget the deadline, Kirk. I, might I mean, be wrong. I feel like something had to be going on up on the Enterprise for for there to be context, for there to be like, why can't they just, you know, beam back? Why can't they just be, get back in, back in contact? Yeah, what but I mean, what they, is going on the up The thing there? is, they did establish all that. The yeah. Quasar was mucking up all their systems. Right. It was just that, he was that extra layer of, like, I feel like you could genuinely remove that part and not necessarily lost anything. Just have them up there biting their nails, waiting, yeah. waiting at the comm. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like, Whoever said just I've already forgotten, but it was just so Shatner had someone to kind of snipe with, mm. uh-huh. you know. So you'd be like, "I'm aware of my position." I also feel like this guy's the first one. What's going to end up being sort of a long line of annoying non-Starfleet Federation bureaucrats who get to like go. There's a subsection of the orders that says I get to run the ship in this very specific circumstance we're up against, Kirk. <laughs> like wow. uh, like in Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's always some fucking Starfleet, I mean, Federation dickhead who yeah. for some reason can just order a starship around. Although, let's get to that, right? What the fuck are Starfleet's priorities? 
that... <laughs> yeah, studying a quasar on the way to plague the, the planet thing is, the is thing more is, important. They, they had time to study study the quasar. True. They had, they had it built in that, you know, it takes, what, two days to get to the planet that they're going to because they have to they have to meet up for... A rendezvous, like a rendezvous with, transfer. With, with the next transfer. So it's not like they're they're like saving that planet right now. It's they're hooking up with yeah. the, ne- the next guy in the in the train. And that much I get, but it's just the fact that again, that could have been just something you could have cut, and that it just could have been like, look, we have time. I want to see this quasar. But they wrote it specifically as Starfleet Order State. <laughs> if I see a quasar or quasar-like phenomenon, <laughs> yeah. everything else gets dropped, and it's like. Yeah. Really? Almost like in the twi- as if the 23rd century quasars are also the new hot thing. Yeah. They are in 1967. <laughs> well, they apparently nice. dissipate, so that could be part of it. Mm. Uh, yeah, though, that's so bizarre. It's like, whoa, 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 guys, 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 quasar. The ship's about to explode. Go look at that quasar. <laughs> I order you to look at it. Ooh, it's great. the last thing Bring everyone, who, everyone else who would be useful up here on the ship. Bring Scotty and McCoy and Spock all out there. <laughs> And Yeoman Rand. Oh, no, sorry. Not Yeoman Rand. The new one. Yeoman, Yeoman can't Rand. act. <laughs> oh, lordy Lou. I mean, overall, again, there, there's some weirdness, but I think it's a still a good episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely, like, the discussions between Spock and McCoy, like, yeah. sometimes, like, some good Spock and McCoy brand as they were, yeah. were, they were very fun scenes. Yeah, they were really... Everyone else on the, on the away party was annoying as hell. Well, and it was showed that valuable, important thing that I think we can all take to heart is that someday humanity can put aside all their differences and all their hatred when there's a new third party to unite against. Mm. In this case, the yeah. Vulcans. There's no more racism between all the the races on Earth, but all the aliens. Yep. Especially. So, what Vulcans. was the moral of the story then? That that Spock, that Spock can't lead. That Spock. That yeah. That leading by logic alone will only lead you to death and ruin. And but leading by emotions alone also will probably lead you to death and ruin. Well, probably, but let's see. So, like, so arguably, Gaetano is killed mm-hmm. because of Spock's logic. The first guy probably just got killed because they were Latimer. Yeah, they, they, they had they had seared. they had to do scouting. Right. Like that, just yeah. that's any commander in that situation. You're like, go scout. And then <laughs> Spock gets almost trapped under a styrofoam boulder. Oh um, my god, that boulder. And it would have been logical to leave him behind. He had and to he told hold it to. in place. Yes. And he orders them to leave, but they don't. So they use their compassion and human emotion to save Spock. And then he has to, and then in order to save them yet again, since you know the Enterprise has left orbit, he has to burn all of their fuel in a futile effort to make the ship a signal flare that it just so happens that they're looking out the back window of the ship as they fly away. Well, Kirk ordered them to. I feel like, shouldn't they always be looking everywhere no matter what anyway? I suppose. Yes. Yes, Caitlin. I think that it's another way of them exploring the duality of people because we've already done The Enemy Within, which basically said that, you know, you have to have good and bad because without... Good, you're a fucking rapey madman, and without bad, you're a puss who can't make decisions. And in this case, Spock was able to eventually reach the right conclusions because his logic did help and it did hurt, and his humanity did help and did hurt, but ultimately he needed both for them to survive. So that's what I think. 
And, and it all ended on a big laugh for everyone. Really yeah, big both laugh. Both of these big... episodes had two ending laugh But lines. this one really got like, it just kept building with the same. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought that the end of Shore Leave was great, though, because, like, in this one, it, after the first laugh, it cut to, like, the audio cut out, and it was just over the credits. Yeah. But at the end of Shore Leave, like, it went on for, like, Actually, yeah, 10 seconds, where Zooming Kirk was just, like, Shatner's like mouth. every, every like, <laughs> couple of beats, he'd, like, What a gift really they've given amused. us. Really <laughs> amused. What a gift. That's my new ringtone. <laughs> I think we should just close our episodes on laugh lines. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Two men are dead. <laughs> yeah, like, and everybody in this episode, in Galileo 7, everybody on the bridge was like, it was a in total stitches, knee slap. Yeah. You know what it is? Because everyone... like, Spock, you're such a fucking tool. We <laughs> <laughs> you know it was everyone hated Gaetano. Yeah, like, everyone was actually a little bummed about Lazenby, whatever the fuck the first guy's name was. <laughs> Latimer. Latimer, there we go. Close <laughs> enough. But everyone genuinely hated Gaetano. He seemed yeah. like kind of a prick. He seemed annoying. Yeah. I mean, Latimer seemed everybody, a little annoying, too. Everybody but knows Latimer, that racist, though. Everybody works with that person Latimer, that, like, says the shit like, I'm not a racist, but that's Gaetano. No one likes that. It's uncomfortable. Latimer, I think, was just kind of like, he just was kind of like, he just came out as kind of green. He's probably kind of new. Gaetano just, yeah, I don't know. He seemed like he's kind of guy just just... But he was a buzzkill. You know, he guy goes out of your way, his way to, like, let you know why something is, I don't know, he just seems like a dick. I don't miss him. Mm-hmm. Looks like a weird, slightly older Don Adams stunt double. Also, somebody else died on one of the search parties. Yeah. yeah. And they were just sort of yeah. like, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, died searching for you guys. He got speared. Really good? Yeah, like, yeah. like... Latimer. Yeah. Speared oh, you know like what's Latimer. you know what's fun about the spears is uh, N- NBC had uh, standards that they wouldn't let you show the spear sticking into the guy. Mm. So that's why like there's so much fog covering Latimer as he's dead on the ground. I see. And why we never actually see him on the ground with the spear. That we just sense. we just see Spock leaning on the spear like it's a like it's a dance. Yeah. Ball. Mm. This one also you know, because we were watching it on Netflix. There was gratuitous. I felt shitty CG. This one had <laughs> oh a lot, a lot of shitty CG. The shuttles were so bad. So bad. So I mean, bad. the shuttles were never great, but the quasar yeah. looked pretty. True. Yeah, the the updated quasar for the uh, the remaster was pretty nice because I'm sure it's also much more what like a quasar would look like Probably. versus what they originally had, the, which was just an amorphous cloud thing. The uh, the ignited gas oh. just looked like a PlayStation Two cutscene <laughs> effect. I don't oh, understand. God. Like, they spent a lot of money to, to do the CG on these, I'm sure. Well, fucking not enough, apparently. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. do, do we want to talk at all about the decision... Do, okay. do we want to talk at all about the decision Spock would have had to make in making someone live, like stay on the planet? Like, he was fully prepared to be like, I'm going to pick who's going to die. Yeah. Because, of that, because that's my job, and I'm the only one logical enough to do it. Because drawing lots would not be logical. Well, the first that it, at first though they didn't know that the other option was for them to die. I think, or to, I mean at least is, to be left on the planet. True, to they, stay they, they they could have thought that you know until the cavemen showed up, it yeah, could have exactly. been like a stay here, we'll be back as soon as we can. Yeah, take this thing. food. What food? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did they bring food? I don't know. Hopefully, but Hopefully there's some. You think a shuttle would have at least some kind of some ration emergency for crash? That would make sense. Thing. True. Some meals ready to eat or whatever. But yeah, no. I mean, because I'm reminded a little bit of Kodos in that he got to pick. 
I mean, who, who lived and died. I mean, if we just think this through logically, you don't leave behind, and not just because they're the main characters, but you don't <laughs> leave behind the head of your medical department or your, head or of your chief engineer. Right. You can leave the yeoman. You can leave the, you can leave the extras. So really, it's just a question of which extra don't you leave behind. <laughs> and I say... Beaumont. Bo- no, not Bo- Beaumont. Bo- Beaumont was the black guy. Yeah. Beaumont. Was it Beaumont? Bo- uh, Beaumont. Beaumont. You, you like because Beaumont, Beaumont. Here's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure it wasn't Beaumont? I yeah, heard Beaumont I, too. Beaumont. I mean, let's be honest. He was senior. He was a lieutenant commander. He's someone in the science department. He probably knows his shit. I don't know who the other three were, but they seem kind of useless. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, but I also feel like Beaumont was like just really not, was kind of leading the charge against Spot. But we are being strictly dick. logical here. We are leaving personal feelings out of it. Yeah. Fair here's enough. the other question. If it had still been Rand and not the new chick Mears, oh. would you have left Rand? Oh. Well, they wouldn't have left Rand because she was a main character. <laughs> Spock would logically have to take Rand because Kirk would fucking kill him if he didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does make it trickier. I mean, yeah, no, at the end of the day, you leave the two golds in the yeoman regardless. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Because so. I don't know what the golds did, but... Nothing useful. No, not much. They they made they dug some graves is what like, what they mostly did. It sounds like. Mm, well, actually, no. No, oh, Boma. Boma, dug Boma and graves. Bones dug the second grave. <laughs> Boma dug the first one. I don't know who with possibly with Gaetano. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, Boma is a scientist of some kind. Technically, actually, when I was looking up Gaetano's name, supposedly he's a radiation expert. Why he's not a scientist, I don't know. Hmm. But he didn't show that he was anything other than a pain in the ass, to be frank. True. Although, at the end of the day, you'd probably... You'd have kept the yeoman, the one we actually have there, because if it's an issue of weight, she yeah, was quite short and quite thin. She was... You're not saving a lot of weight there. But yeah, then that, again, I mean, but, if you're talking about units of people... You could probably cut... You know what? You know, if you were Spock, what you would probably end up doing... Chop off everyone's chop legs. Chop off the limbs. Yep. Leave the limbs. Doc could probably keep them alive long enough to make it back to the ship, during at which time he could patch them up. Patch, patch something out of... <laughs> Styrofoam. Yes. Out of plant polymers. Yeah, there you go. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like if Spock was being truly logical, he would have just removed everybody's limbs. That should be one of his arguments. Like, look, I can either leave three people behind, or we can all pick a leg we could do without. I'm open to either. Lefty. Lefty's gotta go. Uh... <laughs> And they should have dumped the chairs. Yeah, oh those chairs God. were probably heavy. Well, that's the thing, actually. They probably ultimately would have been able to only get rid of two people because they had gotten rid of 50 pounds of stuff and they had said they yeah. thought they could get rid of another 100. True, so they so did have you're looking it down at 350. There. So in that case, you want to get rid of the two fattest. Beaumont was pretty stocky and Scotty's got a little pudge, so... Yeah, Sorry, but, Scotty, you but gotta go. he's head of engineering. Hey, listen, somebody was figuring the shit out up on the, up on the you know, on the Enterprise. Yeah, he would have figured out way the fuck faster. That's true. They did They mm. did beam a lot of boxes. So many. He they wasted beamed. so many boxes. I'm and they, they had a bunch of inert material that was beamed back in an unusable state. Yeah, inert material. What are we... We can't reuse this inert material. <laughs> it's become nert. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we need a cute animal mascot for this uh podcast we can call him nert nert mm. yeah. i feel like we called that because that's the noise he makes nert, nert. skip around it will beep. oh dear well <laughs> any parting thoughts yeah i got nothing uh, got what nothing. are we getting next week uh yeah what do we have what next week we oh that's right 
The Squire of Gothos, which I know, I mean, I'm personally excited for, but I think Caitlin might be more excited for than anyone at this table. One of my favorites. I just don't know what it is yet. It's awesome. You'll love it. And. Oh, actually, no, you'll probably hate it. Is it fun? I hate yeah, fun. Yeah, you won't like it. Oh, it's no. kind of fun. Damn it, fun. Arena. Arena. All-time classic, possibly. I thought we were going to maybe see Kirk's Rock in Shore Leave, but we didn't. So we'll definitely be seeing it here. I'm willing to bet it was the same park. Though. Kirk's what? Kirk's Rock, I'll explain later. I don't want to know what this means. Um, there's a Gorn. He's there's a Gorn? Big lizard monster. Yay. Gorn. Is he the only time we actually see a Gorn until Enterprise? Wait, wait. Are we talking about that The lizard one? head thing. That's, yeah. that's what's coming up next? Yeah, Squire sure. Gothos and the lizard head. Awesome. Yeah, that no, it's, te- it's going to be terrible. It's, it's going to be great. going to be a good one. So thank you all very much for listening. Look forward to episode... Uh, Ten. Ten next week. Wow, holy crap. Uh, with the Squire of Gothos and Arena. I have been Chris. Ames. Caitlin. And Jake. Uh, do please uh, find and like our Facebook page, Just Artist Hereby. Find us on Twitter under at SSHB Podcast. We're also SSHB Podcast on Tumblr. And, uh, you know, do please follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash SSHB Podcast. And uh, do please subscribe to us on iTunes. Thank you for listening, and remember to tip your yeoman. Hat up flaps. See, I've said it again, so now that I have to keep that in. There you go. It's, a, it's now a reference. Yep.